Welcome to 15 Minute Inferno. Jacob coming to you on this gorgeous fall morning. Most places in the world think of fall as this dreary, rainy prelude to winter. But uh, Kansas, Kansas is one of the rare places on earth, the only place I've ever been uh, with great fall weather. Where spring is the rainy season, not fall. Uh, and growing up, I didn't realize it was unique. But um, every night it gets down to about 55 days, 70s and 80s. Cool nights, warm, pleasant days, clear skies for the most part. When it does rain, it's pleasant. No really severe weather this time of year. And then somewhere about half halfway through October it starts to shift. Then you get November, December, and it's just gray. But right now, right now it's gorgeous. I was thinking this morning, for one reason or another, and I, I think I've told this story on the podcast. I'm not trying to repeat myself, but I was thinking, you know, sitting on sitting on the porch, drinking a macchiato of uh, something that happened to me in college. You know, I had this friend. Um, you know, we had like, like I've, I've said before, I think that really the Me Too thing, that whole era started at Columbia University, like around 2015. Um, a lot of that, I kind of saw that sort of movement and the language and the, and the debates around that, like really in nascent form and then spread through New York and sort of, um, you know, then during my next couple of years of work, saw it spread countrywide. Um, and I'm not gonna terribly rehash it except you know to say that being there in person you did see a lot of hypocrisy um and then just saw sort of the effects of media narrative building like we had a very prominent person um who accused somebody and like whether or not that accusation was true uh that guy as far as i knew him was a really cool dude and that girl sucked and her friend's group sucked and she was very little involved with actually any concrete change and and 100 percent was, um, to my perception, utilizing those accusations just as a means to launch her own career um, and get notoriety in, in major publications and not actually affect any meaningful change, which broke my heart because it was an issue I cared about for one reason or another a great deal. Um, but I was thinking about one protest you know, we had on the steps of our main administrative building called Low Library. It used to be a library, not anymore. But a friend of mine who was was holding up a all men are evil sign, and this same friend, <laughs> the same person I knew, uh, who had been dating an excellent guy, um, not at at that time, but for the year prior, and who um, came on to me once when she was drunk, and just just the extreme irony of that, and the lack of self awareness. And and I'm not I'm not really interested in hyping on this topic, but I was thinking, you know, I I have went through a breakup this year, and I had some interactions with an ex uh, recently, and I was 
I was just thinking about this dynamic. I'm not accusing this this person I used to date of this dynamic, but it made me think of it. Um, how I feel like a lot of... I don't know if it's an effect of technology or if it's amplified by technology, if it's always been there or if it's new. But we seem to have this thing in the culture of self-righteousness. Like we grow up and we're bullied or we're made fun of or we feel awkward or we feel unaccepted or we feel unloved or we feel criticized all the time. And we make monsters and villains out of the people around us and by extension make monsters and villains out of uh, the identities of which those people partake and then um, sort of project that hatred onto everybody in those groups and um, at the same time sort of lack any self-awareness and I'm not accusing just women of this. I'm not accusing as making it just a gender issue. But I was reading a what was I reading? I was I was watching some Shane Gillis because I've enjoyed his podcast appearances, but I've never watched his stand up. And so I watched his most recent special, Beautiful Dogs, and I watched a, an old special he had live in Austin on YouTube. And for whatever reason, I was searching his name because I, I the specials were good, but I didn't enjoy them as much as I've enjoyed his podcast appearances. Um, so I was looking for, I was looking for some new videos and I came across the New York Times article, <laughs> which was like, Sam Gillis, Shane Gillis, Sam Gillis, Sam, S Shane Harris, Sam Gillis, um, Sam Harris is another internet person, um, sort of like Sam Harris seems like a right winger, but he also mocks them. You know, and it's sort of like, one, it's just not accurate, but true. But two, it it sort of it it exposes something, which is I think that often in the culture and often even in our own lives we never talk about what we're really talking about, and I think a lot of the times when you see the Antifa thing, or you see sort of like intellectual New York Times takedowns of Christian nationalism or whatever. I think a lot of times that stuff is rooted in personal motivation. It's rooted in personal frustrations. It's sort of like, I think that headline about Shane Gillis sort of exposes what really motivates, for example, a lot of the New York Times co uh, coverage, which is like low-key, this internalized hatred and view of, of this certain subset of the country as evil. Um, and it both has to sort of like... <laughs> you know, redeem Shane Gillis from from being a member of that crowd. But and also like the it gives it, it has to give him credence and it, it does that by saying, no, he's actually mocking these people, which he's very much not doing. Um you know, and it's just like, oh, oh that's that's what motivates you. You want to see the right mocked. You want to see people in rural settings mocked. And I was I was sort of like, is this just coming from a place of misunderstanding? Is just this coming from a place of like stereotyping and never having met people? And you know, I sort of had to say, you know, like no, I think it comes from a place of insecurity with a lot of people. I think it comes from a place of, of, uh, of, of young and childhood hurt. And I think you know, probably, like that girl standing on those those library steps, 
um, like, no doubt she's had bad interactions with men. Like, no doubt. And it must be cathartic just to say, like, fuck men. You know, it must be cathartic to have gone through shit and to feel like, and to feel like, you know, men fucking throw you over and you, and even, it doesn't even have to be, like, there can be valid pain and, and like, like, there can also be valid pain that's not necessarily, like, a right wrong matrix where it can just be you really liked guys and they didn't like you back or you were in situations with guys and you were really effing confused and you didn't know what to do and it was really painful and it ended up really awkward um you know it can be a situation where two people are trying to act in their best interest and it just is still painful uh, maybe that's why i think of the breakup it's just like two people trying to make something work two people trying to figure it out and just like causing each other pain the whole freaking time. Divorces. I mean, it felt like going through a divorce. I'm not. I'm not trying to get into that too deep. But I think there's there's something to be said for. Um, I think a lot of the debates and a lot of the antipathies and a lot of the groupings we have in the culture, and just the sort of psychology of the culture, is like this this sort of primordial early on like pain which then um, we deal with through villainization and which villainization we, we desperately hold on to in our heart of hearts. Um, and we sort of feel like we move in a world of, um, like we move in a world where everybody is constantly doing injustice to us. And we are sort of like exercising benevolence and treating people kindly. And we're constantly seeing ways in which the people around us are, are deeply flawed, but we're never seeing it in ourselves. And I just, I want to mention, um, I'm going to run out of time if I go too deep into it, but I think I, I'm, I'm equally as guilty as this. I think I've, I've had bad experiences with women and sort of projected things onto the whole of women. I think I've certainly been blind to my own faults while, while emphasizing those of others. I think I've certainly, um, you know, I've certainly been both the, the object, the recipient of certain, those certain kinds of hate. And I've also, um, you know, maybe maybe lived in it, and it's a difficult thing to sort of step aside um, one's own pain and lived experience to sort of understand that it's not the absolute truth um, of how things are. And I think you know, it just it just all sort of reminds me of an interaction, and I'm it's definitely resentful. It was definitely like I enjoyed seeing this girl um, get her own, get her comeuppance. She didn't really get her comeuppance, but I went on a date with this girl. And it was just one of these things of like, I wasn't being a jerk. You know, maybe I just take when people call me a jerk too seriously. Like, I got to stop mistaking human beings for angels and just understand that people are irrational um, and that you're not always going to get the fair shake of the deal and that, like, double, people do have double standards and sort of, like, moving in a world where this exists and blindnesses exist. Um, but I remember this girl... Uh, we were, I was sitting at a, at a bar I used to frequent in Prague, not really a bar, like a cafe music venue. And I was overhearing her talking to her friends and one of her friends, I knew, I knew this girl too, that was talking to her. Uh, she was a musician in the crowd was telling her about how like, yeah, dating's actually been really good for her. Cause it sort of like, you know, shows you your own faults, like, like staying in a relationship long-term actually helps you become a better person. Um, 
sort of shows you the ways in which you are you are also faulty. And this other girl I went on the date with, I could just tell that she had that she just acted with a with an entire attitude of like disbelief. So we're like, yeah, right. And it's one of these things of like, well, of course then you're never gonna find anyone. If you're just like constantly harboring in your heart this resentment and this feeling that like other people are constantly doing you injustices. You're never going to end up with anyone. You're going to you are condemning yourself to loneliness. If like you move in a world where everybody is a monster and on the other hand you sort of have these desires like like you're going to just be constantly tortured and you're going to constantly feel like you're not getting your fair shake. And um I think it's a blindness and I think it helps. I think it helps to sort of um understand that other groups also have the same sort of viewpoint of your group that you do of theirs like like I feel a certain way about the way my relationships with women have gone but women have also often very much echoed very similar sentiments with with how things have gone with men and you know I think that people on the left complain about the right and people on the right complain about the left and it's just like a certain sort of lack of self-awareness of like okay like one, there's this dynamic happening of where we're just projecting and villainizing the entire group, but also we're sort of like not taking into account our own role in the cause of which we may be part of a group that is now being villainized. Like I have done things in my life I'm not proud of or that I shouldn't have done or that even if they're not on a moral axis, just where Heirs of heirs of judgment or like heirs of heirs of prudence. Um, and there may very well be some other person who's sort of hurt or dismayed or flabbergasted or or disillusioned by by those errors or faults or or things that occurred. Um, and they may then like villainize an entire group of which I am a member. And sort of understanding um, that dynamic. I don't know if it's given me any peace. But it's sort of it's given me a, a more well-rounded view of the way in which we seem to be constantly moving in spheres in society of of wounded and wounding, and um, like people who are other people aren't necessarily monsters, and and groups are not you know just people are just people. I think what it comes down to is is I know it sounds sort of stupid, but people are people. And you are a person, I am a person, and nobody is angels, and purity is a fairy tale. And we have to live in a, like, Disney worlds and, like, like almost like sexless arcade fire worlds and, like, you know, childlike purity and stuff. It's all nonsense. We're all people. And just embrace it. Embrace, embrace humanity as, as beautiful in itself, not as a state of decay. <laughs>